We can do it next week. Doesn't matter. Okay. Well, I got plenty of material to work with, so. Yeah, I mean, because you guys, I got four from you guys last yeah, time. Yeah, well, like I said, if you want to call it, we I can say. No, we can do this one. Okay, yeah, let's, let's do night. Let's do. Okay. Who's Fritz Pollard? Welcome, folks. Chronicles chapter 19. We are recording Who is Fritz Pollard today? Eminem, please tell us who Fritz Pollard is. Thank you for having me and listening to me and. You know something, I mean, this is like history month. I try not to throw on those things, but yeah, you know, I'm researching. What month is it? Black History Month. Correct. Black History Month. February. And I ran across this name and that they got me interested because I remember this name from years and years ago. And I say, well, I need to do something. I need to do something on this guy. His real name is... Frederick Douglas Pollard. He got the nickname Fritz uh, from playing, you know, football. This gentleman, Fritz Pollard, was the first African-American player and coach in the NFL. Wow. Fritz Pollard was born in Chicago, 1894. He was the seventh child out of eight children born his mother was Native American, and his father was African American. I did not know that. Hmm. And I'd like to see a picture of him. I'm going to look him up later. Yeah, do. I mean, yeah. and uh, in 1915, he enrolled at Brown University on a Rockefeller scholarship. So, kid was pretty smart. Rockefeller is the company or the the, the family Rockefellers. Yeah, yeah they, they had, had scholarships back then in the twenties. I mean, you know, the nineteen hundreds. Rockefellers were huge, huge in that time period. Yeah, oh, and steel, huh? he was a tough habit. He was only five six and weighed one hundred and sixty five pounds. Fritz was like a pit bull, just pure like muscle. Like a pit bet. bull, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the thing is. Got to realize this is like in nineteen, you know, fifteen. Okay, he goes to Brown University. He he excels. I mean, he is a great athlete, and he played halfback and quarterback. Unheard of back then. A black player playing quarterback. Once they saw his talent, he they wanted his personality. They also wanted him over, and he had, and everybody had his back. Verbal abuse was worse. You know, whenever he got in the pal, the punch and the kick and the eye gouging. But he came across the system. Whenever he went down to the ground, he got on his back. And the shoes they used had the spikes. He would kick up. And if anybody tried to force their way on him, those spikes would do a lot of damage. So that's what he did to protect himself from... White, wow. white players that were trying to take advantage of And there were no out. face masks back then. Right. And listen to this. His teammates all wore baggy pants and sometimes they even darkened their faces with shoe polish so the other team couldn't tell who he was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That yes. is camaraderie there. Yeah. He received <laughs> death threats from the Ivy League schools that were still racist. And... Listen to this. Sometimes 
he was escorted on the field by the police and all. They would tell him the certain times to come now because even back then, it was a lot of people that care for blacks, especially if you excelled in the sport, which they Or academics. Figure, yeah, in white sport, football back then. The Yale fans used to sing Bye Bye Birdie when he came on the field. Bye Bye Blackbird, excuse me. Oh, bye-bye, blackbird, bird. have you any wool? Or is that? Was no. it? No. That's the sheep. <laughs> what, a, what is that? Bye-bye, <laughs> blackbird. Well, I have to look at that. That's what the Yale knuckleheads used to sing to him when he was on the field. Oh, bye -bye not bye-bye, black sheep, no. have you any wool? No, black Yes, bird. sir, yes, sir, three bags. Yeah. I didn't know, but now we do. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Now because you, you know how many people would have said what I just said, so we just uh, cleared up. They don't even have to waste their time researching that. There you go. Except for that song. What's the name of the song? One more time. Okay, after he stint in the Army at the end of World War One, and three years of coaching at Lincoln University football team, he signed with the Akron Pros in 1920. The inaugural season for, remember this name, American Professional Football Association. Hmm. The forerunner for the NFL. And uh, here's another interesting fact. When he played at Brown University, he was the first African-American to play in the Rose Bowl. Good for him. 1916 against Washington. He excelled. And the thing about even back then, records were not very well kept. No, he, they weren't. Yeah, no. So he set a lot of records, but records weren't kept back then. So they're still trying to go back and research, you know, records and stuff like that to, to find out more and more about him. Okay, and... 1921, Pollard became the first NFL, first black head coach and player and all. In 1923, he became the first, first black professional quarterback. Wow, 1923. Huh. So actually, he, he was a halfback. He played halfback and he played quarterback. In 23, he officially became the first black or African-American quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting facts right here. He rarely, he rarely came out of the game. He played quarterback and running back. Punt returns, kickoff returns, punt, kicks, drop kicks for field goals. Because back then, they didn't kick field goals. He did drop kicks for field goals, which were three points. Oh, wow. Back then. Utility. He did that. Yeah. utility. Okay. And one, this, oh, I love this right here. One game on the sideline, Jim Thorpe. I didn't realize he was such a cocky person until I read up on this. Jim and Thorpe th was part Indian, too. Yeah, right? I know, but. Uh, or was he all Indian? Jim Thorpe, I'm not sure. That's something. He might have been mixed. Yeah, could yeah, But he was being cocky to Fritz while they're on field, and he called Fritz the N-word. And Fritz politely called him the N-word back. Then Thorpe told me, he said, hey, I'm going to kill you. Then Pollard responded by 
running the kickoff or touchdown and waving at Tharp in the end zone the next play. <laughs> and Tharp had no choice but to respect him after that. After yeah. that, he had nothing but praise to say about Pollard. See, that's all. something that we miss nowadays, people earning their respect. People yeah. think they're just supposed to be given respect. But right. So he just ran out, t- yeah, touched down, and said, look, you do yeah. what you want. Bro. Right. But I just he did. actually ran yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. I respect that. Pollard's football career ended in 1926, following the year. But before his career ended in 1916, he led the uh, the Browns to an 8-1 record with 12 touchdowns. And uh, also the college that he played for, Brown, they were the first college to beat Yale and Harvard in the same season. Because oh, wow. Yale and Harvard, remember back then? Oh, they were the they were it for a the, long all time. college. Yeah, I've got about yeah. yeah the Ivy League were, teams were the first college powerhouses. Exactly. Okay, following his his years and you know, playing in the uh, the uh, NFL. After that, following his year, there were no African Americans that played in the NFL for like fifteen years. Wow. Because the owners and all they uh, outshining, yeah, yeah, no. athletic ability, yeah. Okay, after he got done, he is he established himself as a tax consultant. He established the F.D. Pollard and Company, the first black-owned investment firm in 1922. He would wow. go on to be a newspaper mogul, the New York Independent News. And talent agents for black entertainers. Oh my God, this is awesome! And one of them was uh, Lena Horn. Really? Yes, Lena Horn. He helped to set her up to get to her stardom, and all. He backed her. Yes, and his former teammate Paul Robeson, that played with him for the Hackman Pros, he also set him up. And then after that, uh, he uh, basically he started focusing on, focus on his family and business. And but as time grew, went on, as time went on, Pollard his legend grew, but nobody wanted to do anything about him to recognize him because he was an African American. Here's one thing that really pissed me off: he watched from a distance as Jim Thorpe, George Preston Marshall, and George Hallis who opposed the inclusion of black players in pros. They were inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame inaugural class in 1963. Yeah, sit and watch that, huh? Yeah, they excluded him when he should have been in there in 1963. Uh, you know, I, I, I love the Bears, but Hallis, he had skeletons. He, he did not care for Pollard. Basically, what he said is that football is a white man's game and black players don't belong. Wow. Now, that, yeah. th- 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 folks, this ain't something I'm just a farce making up. This is real stuff. Uh, Chris Pollard's third is his grandson collaborated with the son like that. This stuff is collaborated through the generations. And what I'm telling you is real stuff. It ain't. Farce, fiction, or whatever, but it's, it's the real deal. 
So as time went on and some of the league's most powerful men took notice, and one of the men that took notice was former NFL commissioner Paul Tagliabue. Paul Tagliabue would hand out books celebrating Pollard's life to get it out to people to let them know who this guy was and what he did to, to open the color barrier for black players to get in back into the NFL. Because remember, they're out of the NFL from when he got out in 26 until it was like in the 40s before there's another black player that was oh. officially drafted to come back in and play in the NFL. They ever oh. put him in the Hall of Fame? Listen. Oh, that's the ending? No, nah, uh, close to the ending. Finally, okay, Fritz Pollard was inducted into the Football Hall of Fame in 2005 with Dan Marino, Steve Young, and Benny Friedman. Was he alive? He died in 1986 at the age of 92. That sucks, you know? His sons were there for his... I remember remember when Dan Marino and Steve Young got inducted. This is 2005 into the NFL Hall of Fame. I remember this. Do you remember hearing about the black guy? Yeah, yeah. Because his sons and all his grandson and son were there to give a speech and talk about him. That's how a lot of this stuff was collaborated through his son and grandson, you know, through the years. So it took that long, but it took somebody like former commissioner Paul Tagliabue passing out books, going around. He had these books in the trunk of his yeah, car. Yeah, he got a campaign for it. He campaigned between him and people like Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, they kind of said, what is wrong? Why isn't this guy in the Hall of Fame? Recognized for his Recognized. Simple fact, he should have been in there in 1963, the first inaugural NFL, George Hallis and Jim Thorpe and all of them. But, you know, that's how thing goes. But... Here's some of the honors. In 1954, he was uh, elected to the National Football, the National College Football Hall of Fame. Good for him. 1967, he was elected to the R.I. Heritage Hall of Fame. 1971, he was elected to Brown's Athletic Hall of Fame. That was their inaugural year, 1971. He was elected to the National Football Hall of Fame 1973, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Memorial Award 1978, Honorary Doctorate of Letters, LLD, confirmed by Brown 1981, and then selected for Brown's 125th anniversary all-time team in 2003. Hmm. A lot of accomplishments. 
Or accolades. Accolades. Yeah, I accolades. mean, the guy was a trailblazer. He basically he enjoyed the game of football. He was not a troublemaker. All he wanted to do was play football. And I mean, unfortunately, he only played very long because of the way things were. I mean, he was a player coach. He did, you know, really good. In the year that um, they won the championship, let's see, was it, I think it was 19, 20, 21, or 19, 19 to 20 or 21, when the Akron Pros, they won, they were 8-0-3. George Hallis' team, the Chicago Staley's, were 10-3-0. So George Staley approached him and said, let's play to see who's the best. Well, they played to a tie. (laughs) (laughs) And so they never, and then that kind of formatted things where they could get more and more and then finally you know they decided to change the name from the at the american professional football association to the nfl that came about in 1922 four teams and then the following year they invited like about eight more teams they discussed it in can't know how to add add more teams i can't remember i think the four original Let's see, it was the Akron, Akron Pros, um, the uh, the Cardinals, they were one of the original teams. Yes. The Cardinals, they were one of the original teams in for years. And I can't remember the uh, yeah, other teams, but it was the following year when the Staley Bears were asked. And then right after they joined, then it was changed to Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Yes, it was Staley Bears before the Chicago Bears. Do you know uh, to this day who has a hard time playing on football teams? It's kind of a two-part question. So I'll tell you who has trouble playing on football teams, and then I'll tell you why. Do you know to this day who has trouble playing on football teams? What area are you talking about? What do you mean by trouble? <laughs> well, discrimination. Quarterbacks, mm. you know, are any guesses? No, I'm uh, no? centipedes. Do you know why centipedes have trouble playing on football team? Why, why? Because <laughs> it takes them too long to put on their cleats. I'm gonna choke you. Can you see a centipede trying to get out? <laughs> Games at 12.30, that's when bitch got to start putting on cleats at 8 a.m. Craig, Craig, <laughs> yeah, you, you are a trip. <laughs> but you know, now this is true. Let me tell you this. Do you know why skeletons don't play football? No, they have a backbone. They got a backbone, right? right? Why? Because their heart's not in it? Their heart's not in it. So a few <laughs> other things. <laughs> their brains and- <laughs> Skin, skin, muscles. muscles. Oh my lord, folks! Just a little humor there, but this is this is good stuff here. I know, but it it was so interesting to me to to go back and research this because 
I've heard of him. I knew a little about him. And like I said, 2005, when he's finally got his dues to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, because a lot of people thought that Tony Dungy was the only head coach for years in the NFL Hall of Fame. The yeah, black head coach. Yeah, black head coach, yeah. But no, it's Fritz Pollard and Tony Dungy. So I'm... You know, hoping this is something that I reach out to people because, like I said, it's, you know, you hear names, you hear about things, but to go back and research who is Fritz, where he came from, what he went through, how he got to where he was. I mean, the guy was an innovator. I mean, he wound up becoming a tax consultant, owned a black investment firm. He was a and a new newspaper among, I mean, the guy used his talents and still to this day, it, you know, he passed it on and then to his family and, you know, and for generation, generation. So, you know, it's, I, I really enjoyed going back and researching this guy and finding out a lot of historical stuff about him and, you know, and glad to see that his dues were paid, and he finally got recognized for stuff they should have years and years ago. It took a long time. Yeah, you bring up some good points. There's a couple things I want to check in, too. Uh, Tony Dungy, after this guy, it was Tony Dungy? They thought was that, the first black coach? They thought that Tony Dungy was the only black coach into the got inducted to the NFL Hall. Nobody before Tony Dungy besides this guy. Fritz Pollard, player coach, yes. Wow. So he was... Late 80s, Tony Dungy, or early 90s, with Tampa Bay, right? He got Tony in, Dungy? He got inducted, probably Tampa Bay, but he won, oh, yeah, probably Tampa Bay. You see, Tampa Bay, then where did he go out to? Indianapolis. In the coast, yeah. Yeah. Close. yeah. That's when Chucky took over the year after he left, and, and Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, but and, it was really Yeah, because he Tony built Dungy. the team, and see, he started his professional career. He was number 21 for the uh, – Pittsburgh Steelers on Chuck Noll. Hmm. He played defensive back. Chuck Noll, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tony Dungy. So the only other black coach is Steelers. Pollard. Pollard. After in Tony the Hall Dungy. Of Fame. Hall of Fame. Oh, in Hall, the Hall, Hall of Fame. This is Hall of Fame. Okay. Tony Dungy, Fritz Pollard. Only two. Hall black of Fame. Hall of Fame. Oh, the gotcha. NFL Hall of Fame. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Because, like I said, for years people thought that Tony Dungy was the only African-American, you know, coach, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, Fritz Pollard was also mm. inducted there, 2005. You guys know what football players do when they get overheated? <laughs> no. No, what, Craig? They get closer to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my. You're, you're, you're killing me. You're killing it's football me. jokes, you know? Uh, well, I, I enjoy your football jokes. They're, they're funny. <clears throat> but down the road, hey, people, if you listen to our podcast, if there's a topic or subject worthy of us discussing, reach out to me, reach out to Eric, reach out to Craig, let us know. You know, we would like to talk about it because, you know, some of the podcasts from before, you know, my wife and Friends, you know, give me these ideas, and so you know, I try to be open-minded when I, you know, do these podcasts. But you know, some I find more interesting, like, especially like this one right here. You know, it's very educational, 
interested and it's based on fact, not fiction, and I love fact because so much stuff is fiction. Whenever you try to go back and so much stuff, history books, I don't believe history books. And all, but it's great when family can go back and corroborate stuff and you know it's real and ain't a farce. So I, I enjoy that even more. Because, like I said, the article I got, a lot of this came from uh, Fritz the Third, Fritz Pollock the Third. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. First-hand knowledge. First-hand knowledge, folks. First-hand knowledge. And like I said, he, he even he even missed, he said the the thing with George Hallis and, you know, hey, you know, Papa Hallis, Papa Bear. You know, I mean, life, that was, life was tough back then. It was a lot different, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way you know life was, and you know, I mean, he excelled in it. People resented him for it, and so that's that's America. Haters gonna hate. That's, that's right. You know, you're doing something right. right. You exactly. got haters. Exactly. He had a lot of haters. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, if anybody wants to email us, it's chronicles with a Z, the bumper of life at gmail dot com. So, if you have a topic you want us to talk about. Or a joke you want us to say, uh, email it to us. Chronicles, the bumper of life at gmail.com. Uh, fans, I hope you enjoyed these topics today. And like they said, if anything you want us to talk about, discuss, let us know. You know, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. And all because, like I said, we're open minded and all we're new at this, we're learning. So it's a learning curve for us. Yeah. And in closing, uh, down the road, we'd like to. Have some guests if you got some free time or maybe on a Wednesday from like 11 to 1 or 2. You want to come by my house and we'd love to have you online with us. That sounds good. I got uh, I got two jokes in closing. <laughs> Why didn't the dog want to play football? Why did the dog want, want to play football? Didn't want to play football. Didn't play Why football? didn't he want to play football? Not sure. He was a boxer. <laughs> I mean, you can't no, blame her. Hey, you work within your skills. That's a lame joke, Craig. <laughs> All right, well, one more then. One more. Let me let me try to make up for it. Yeah, make up for that. Why was the tiny ghost asked to join the football team? Why was the tiny uh, ghost asked to join the football team? I don't know. They needed a little team spirit. <laughs> That's funny. Team spirit. A little team spirit. A little ghost. A little team tiny ghost. Folks, that was Chronicles chapter 19. Who is Fritz Pollard? I think we all got an education there. I know I did. And I like uh, we want to thank you for listening. And please uh, email us if you have any questions, concerns, ideas. We're open to just about anything. And thank you.